Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast presents Who Killed? A podcast that provides a voice for the voiceless. We are investigating a bizarre murder case in which as many as 16 young men have been killed. Bill Windsor reports. Investigators in Riverside County are still going over the records of eight murder cases, which may be the start of a bloody trail of 40 or more homosexual killings. Two men, Patrick Kearney and David Hill, wanted for questioning in two murders, surrendered here last Friday. Officers also wanted to talk to them about five other similar killings. Mutilated remains of five young men have been found in three other counties since 1975. But Sheriff Ben Clark says the two led his investigators to believe the suspects may be responsible for 30 to 40 killings. The sheriff isn't sure the final toll will be that high. Well, my guess is at least we'll double the number that we have identified in the series that we were working on originally. And of course, beyond that, uh, really, I'd... Uh, hesitate to make any guess that would be about 16 that's true sheriff you talk about similarities in these cases what similarities do you mean in the original release that we had made we'd identified a number of things that were similarities number one is that they were all young that uh, some of them had had uh, connections with the uh, in the area of homosexual activity uh, there had been a single gunshot wound of the head they were nude uh, they had been tied up and they had been disposed of in plastic bags now there may or may not be 30 or 40 more bodies out here if there are no one knows now just where to start looking officers say only they could be about anywhere in southern california bill windsor nbc news riverside california hello and welcome to episode 179 of who killed I'm your host, Bill Huffman, and this is a Slow Burn Media and Evergreen Podcast production. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the most important news of the week, and that is regarding the Delphi murders, Libby German and Abby Williams. And uh, looks like there might be some resolution here now that we have uh, come across this uh, stage of the investigation, because the Murder Sheet podcast came across some important records regarding the case, and they shared those records with authorities, which is what you should do, before letting the public know what they had found. And it turns out that the landowner may have actually been the perpetrator behind the crimes. And so that's an interesting turn of events, especially since you've had a number of press conferences with different sketches, different voice recordings, different videos even. And then you had the most recent uh, press conference where they talked about Anthony Schatz and the social media profiles and whether or not they were involved with luring Abby and Libby to this location. 
Now, I did read, and again, this is all preliminary stuff, and nothing has been officially stated, so that's why there isn't anybody official on the show to discuss this this week. It's just skeptics, and uh, it's more of trying to put one and two together to equal three. And, of course, investigators want to keep the investigation close to their vest, but it turns out that this one particular individual had told his brother to lie for him during the time that Abby and Libby would have been at the bridge on their walk. So it's somewhat circumstantial, but I think we can say that the authorities aren't shooting this whole thing down. So there's got to be something there. Clearly, they did not release all of the information from the uh, search warrant because that stuff could you know, impact the investigation as far as the trial and stuff. But again, unfortunately, this individual is no longer alive. But if he is the guy that they think he was and they've believed it was him for years, then maybe there is some sense of closure to the families that are involved because, again, this is all about them at this point, finding justice for Abby and Libby, and then really just making sure that the community itself is safe. And after talking with, uh, you know, Kelsey over at CrimeCon, it was clear that something was going on, but she wouldn't give me specifics, as she shouldn't have, and uh, it was clear that something was going on behind the scenes. So good to know, and I think this is probably the year where we're going to see a lot of stuff start to happen because just look what's happened in the last two weeks alone. We have the Girl Scout murders. We have Madeline McCann. Now we potentially have the Delphi case. Maybe, hopefully, we can get an Amy Mahalovic update too, but anything you see in the next couple of weeks will be uh, sweeps week stuff, so remember that when you listen. So, again, this is interesting. Again, the Murder Sheet podcast is not involved in sweeps, so they wouldn't have any reason to boost their ratings other than actually finding some interesting information. So, again, I hope this does bring closure to the family a little bit, and I hope this is actually the guy because there have been a lot of red herrings in this case. So, in that regard, let's talk about the case that we're focusing on this week, and that is one Patrick Kearney a.k.a. the trash bag killer. So, from Robbie Ruinsberg, uh, the trash bag killer, Patrick Kearney, was an American serial killer who, in the 1970s, preyed on young gay men in California. This is where he became known as the trash bag killer because, guess what? He packaged the dead and mutilated bodies in trash bags and then disposed them along highways. Now, Patrick was the youngest in his family, and he did have a little bit of trauma in his childhood, like most children. He was bullied, and again, he would run into people that weren't necessarily great influences on his life. Now, as a teenager, he did withdraw and began fantasizing about killing people. Now, Patrick married, but it didn't last long. He did go to California and worked for an aircraft engineer, Hughes Aircraft. But, uh, you know, he was really into that idea of killing. So he actually killed his first victim in 1967, a hitchhiker. 
And, uh, you know, pretty much that was uh, his thing. Now, again, hitchhiking back in the day was extremely prevalent. And this was something that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer did. And, you know, Dahmer was also a necrophiliac, just like this Kearney character. Now, one thing that separated Kearney and Dahmer is Kearney actually would kill his victims as quickly as possible, where Dahmer actually wanted to keep his victims alive so he could have a zombie as his... uh, I don't even know what he was thinking, but, you know, it's Jeffrey Dahmer, so let's just uh, chalk that up as one of those uh, outliers. And uh, anyway, this Kearney character... Again, 1970s. He is starting killing in the 60s. He's killing all through the 70s. And again, he would dismember these bodies and throw them out the car window. Now, on March 13th in 1977, uh, this is kind of where it all came to a head. There was a young man, and his name was John LeMay. Now, this guy actually was looking for his roommate, who was uh, David Hill. Now, you'll see in the research that, uh, in the sources, that they continue to talk about the individuals being avowed homosexuals. So, if that was something that they were looking into as part of the reason for them committing the crime, uh, it's kind of weird and certainly does sort of discriminate in this investigation, but I don't know. You look around today and you'd think we would have gotten a little bit better at this stuff, but uh, apparently we're not, and we're just going backwards, and uh, yeah, it's pretty great, pretty great. Not so much, just kidding. It's actually pretty awful. So Patrick actually shot John in the back of the head and would later dump his body in the desert. Now, John, once he was reported missing... This was, again, the beginning of the end. Now, they were able to locate Patrick because John had told somewhere where he was actually going to be. Genius, right? Hey, tell somebody where you're going. July 1st, both men actually walked into the Redondo Beach Police Station and gave themselves up. But David Hill was actually cleared of participating in any part of the murders and was set free. And again, that was from Robbie Ruinsberg from... Uh, wick, wickedwe.com and again just pretty crazy stuff so back to uh, what we were saying about these uh, individuals being kind of ostracized um, here's a title homosexual pair held in trash bag murders southern california authorities will resume searching tuesday for up to 35 murder victims which may have some link to the so-called trash bag killings. Now, of at least eight young men, they reported that they had been found in trash bags along well-traveled highways between the ages of 30 to 35, and, you know, there could be bodies, you know, more bodies than the ones that they're admitting to. And again, like I mentioned before, they continue to talk about their sexual origins, but... It's nothing that has anything to do with this case, but the media really did take off of the story because the country really was in peak serial killer mode. Now, they would say that they had evidence linking the men to as many as 43 different murders. Now, of course, you know, this was 
back in the 70s, they would just throw any number out there. So authorities actually declined to say exactly what the evidence was, but said it was enough to lead to the identification of two of the men and the issuance of warrants for their arrest, hence them being charged. Now, investigators from Riverside, San Diego, and Los Angeles, Orange and Imperial Counties, they actually met in Riverside during uh, that first weekend to discuss the case. Now, again, those eight bodies were nude and had been shot in the head or mutilated. Now, this was according to Kavanaugh. Quote, we know the majority of the victims had homosexual backgrounds, said Sam Lowry of the Riverside County Sheriff's Department. A few few years ago, you would have thought this wouldn't be something that any official would be saying, but just like I told you a minute ago, look around and look what's currently going on in the world. There's clearly an agenda out there to uh, marginalize some people. And to think of all the advances that we made, it's kind of crazy. So... uh, Hopefully we get our act together and uh, get back on track. But I just finished a great book, Trailed, and that actually focuses on the tracking down the killer of a lesbian couple in the Appalachian Trail in Shenandoah. And again, bias has existed in that investigation and hell, in a lot of investigations. And I think that tainted the end result. Now, I will actually be interviewing the, inter- the author in a couple weeks, Catherine Miles. It's a great true crime book. Again, it's called Trailed. You can find it wherever you get your books. And again, let's just get back to what this uh, crazy monster Patrick Kearney was up to. So again, back at Riverside County, he had basically helped the county sheriff's office search the records of missing people and... You know, again, he confessed to so many crimes that it wouldn't be surprising to find out that they were involved with, you know, dozens of murders. Now, of course, they were both held on $500,000 bail, and back then, that would be like $5 million today. So, one month after the warrants were issued, the basically the district attorney's office began to press Kearney and he eventually led the authorities to two other bodies in the Imperial County. And the bodies were found one in four years prior to their arrests. That was according to the Imperial County Sheriff's deputies. Now, again, like all great sociopaths, Kearney was said to have appeared pretty calm during the five hour search yesterday, said Sergeant Lon Hettinger of the Imperial County department. You may be wondering if this is like an Otis O'Toole, Otis Tool, Henry Lucas type of thing. But it turns out Kearney was the only one involved. Now, they were close in age. Kearney was 37, Hill was 34, and they were roommates from Redondo Beach. Now, again, they were both arraigned on murder charges, but eventually Hill would be not charged. So, again... You never really know what's happening in the beginning of an investigation, so it's you kind of go with what you got. Now, like I mentioned before, there had been a total of eight murders in two years in Southern California counties, and they found two more, which brought the total to 10. And again, with numbers all over the place during my research, I'm just going to say that it appears that these men probably killed anywhere between 20 to 40 people. So, 
that's a lot of different i mean that's that's a pretty wide range just to be honest so maybe that's not very helpful but it is what it is now again like i mentioned they were all found along the highways now some of them were shot and dismembered or both but again they were mostly found in trash bags and that's the moniker the trash bag killer now he also did pick up the moniker the freeway killer and of course this is something that's been used on a couple other serial killers as well so it's not necessarily his own moniker and well you know when you're a serial killer you just take what you get and you put your bodies in trash bags and you attacked the people that are probably the least in society that can protect themselves and especially in the 70s when there was really nobody backing these individuals up with civil liberties and all that good stuff it's uh it's kind of sad so um like i mentioned you know the two bodies were found one was in 73 one was in 76 and again they thought that they were linked to the trash bag killings. And this was 15 miles east of Calexico near Highway 98. So the search would continue. Again, authorities, though, would say that Kearney would forget where any of the grave sites were at this point. So what you had was investigators from Riverside and San Diego and Imperial Counties all working together in the search. So what they did is... The Associated, the Associated Press sorry, reported that a bloody hacksaw and a carpet with the hair of a pet dog actually was the link between the two roommates. And this was a link to 28 murders, according to police. Now, some of the items listed in an affidavit filed by sheriff's deputies showed that there was physical evidence taken from the bodies of several murder victims that matched items found in the home shared by one David Hill and Patrick Kearney. Again, both avowed homosexuals. I'm not going to be standing on my soapbox, but what in the hell does that have to do with the story? I'm just trying to understand. They keep referencing it. It just doesn't make any sense. But whatever. They continually to refer, as I say, their sexual origins and their descriptions. So that just may have been the way it was in the 70s. And it's super annoying because it really played no role whatsoever in their uh, commitments of these crimes. Now you had Riverside Sheriff Ben Clark, who said that they might be tied to more slains because this was like a seven-year period. And he said there were at least 28 and there may be more. Now, he did say that estimate came from conversations with the two men, again, that I've been talking about, Kearney and uh, Mr. Hill. But again, Hill was cleared. So, like I mentioned, Kearney was a former electronics technician, and he worked at Hughes Aircraft Corporation. And apparently, he did lead authorities to six different graves. And it was... Um, you know, it was really, again, like I mentioned, John LeMay, who was the first person to kind of connect these two guys to the killings. And it was in an interview in April with authorities where Kearney and Hill said they both had homosexual relationships with LeMay over a period of two years. Now, this is where sheriff's deputies obtained samples of dog hairs, carpeting, men's body hair, 
and this was what eventually matched the evidence found on the bodies of LeMay and other victims. So, again, what do you have here? You have two individuals who are claiming that they were involved in a relationship with somebody who most likely um, was basically just murdered just because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, especially if Hill had nothing to do with this. I am a little confused on the fact that they both would turn themselves in because why would you do that if you are David Hill? But what is what in this situation considering what they're doing? So again, like I said, they found the hacksaw coated with dry blood and that actually matched LeMay's and that was according to court documents. Now, they were closing in on the guys and they did decide to run for a minute and they did take off and uh, they ended up going to Texas, I believe. So like you wonder what they did on the run and it turns out they didn't do much. Authorities actually said that Hill and Kearney fled to El Paso, Texas, and this is where their families had, quote, persuaded them to return and surrender. So they walked into Clark's office on that Friday and they pointed at the wanted poster and said, hey, we're them. So, again, why does anybody do any of this stuff? Nobody really knows. But, again, Clark told a post-arraignment news conference that the men had been advised of their right to remain silent, but had continued to volunteer information about the killings, which might reach a total larger than any known mass murder in American history. Previous cases on record include the killings of 25 migrants and... The teenage boys in Elmer Wayne Henley was found guilty of those six murders. Yeah, so, I mean, again, these guys are pretty sick individuals, and it is really kind of um, shocking and disgusting all in the same breath. So the sheriff said the trash bag murders were linked by all those other similarities, but there were some similarities, physical similarities, such as the bodies being nude, and, of course, them being young men. Some are actually dismembered, like I mentioned before. And, again, they just throw all this stuff on the side of the highway like it's nothing. But I should say he threw this stuff on the side of the highway because Hill apparently did not have anything to do with this. So here we go. Here's another article from the Associated Press from Los Angeles. A well-publicized Southern California mass murder involving homosexuals is seen by the gay community here as harming their efforts to obtain political acceptance and additional civil rights. Quote, the timing obviously couldn't have been worse, said Peter J. Fritch, one of the organizers of a busy homosexual political action committee. Quote, a lot of money has to be raised and it has to, and it's hard to raise money when people are fearful. A murder like this one sends people back to their closets in droves. Now his group had raised $35,000 this year, this was, again, 1977, and it was to support 11 candidates, 10 who won. But with sex crimes in the headlines, he and others consider it unlikely now that a pending city ordinance to prohibit discrimination against homosexuals in private employment or housing rentals, good Lord, will even be brought up for a vote and attention to given to homosexual murders may fuel a drive to ban gays from teaching in California. So, you know, jumping on the anti-gay bandwagon was State Senator John Briggs, who said 
too soon to tell whether the Southern California killings called the trash bag murders by police because some were dismembered, will intensify fears of homosexuality. Quote, but these murders have reminded people that the Houston murders were homosexually oriented and that there are many crimes involving homosexuals, says Briggs. It has reminded them that there was a sexual strain in the Corona murders. Houston was stunned by the sex thrill killings of 27 youths by three acknowledged Texas homosexuals in 1973. The same year Juan Corona, a Mexican national, was convicted of murdering 25 farm workers in Yuba City, California. Corona is now serving a life sentence. He has denied both killings and the allegation of homosexuality. His lawyer maintained that an unknown homosexual actually committed the crimes. Wow, that's a lot to take in, guys. Um, well, I mean, my uncle was gay, and he wasn't like this in any stretch. And again, I don't think sexual origin has anything to do with uh, these crimes, but uh, certainly people with political agendas will want to... Uh, paint that picture so just remember that when you are watching or reading the news because everything is not shown through rose-colored glasses and it shouldn't be we live in a gray world to be honest with you and everything needs to be taken subject by subject nothing is black and white and that's just a little bit of my psychological speak speaking there but again it's very true that uh sexual orientation and the commitment of crime is kind of uh, not proven to be any correlation there. So, yeah, that's the 70s for you guys and uh, pretty cool stuff. So anyway, back to the story and off my soapbox as I tend to do. Apologies. But again, the catalyst to the current fuss through all of this trash bag killing stuff was you know just the all the mass murders in the u.s and this is according to the los angeles paper now patrick wayne kearney the 37 year old has been indicted by a grand jury for three murders committed in his county and his purported lover david douglas hill he was freed for insufficient evidence quote a dozen bodies four of them found in trash can liners have been discovered in five california counties Police say they have evidence of three other murders. The, quote, largest murder claim of 28 killings comes from a statement Kearney made to law enforcement officers after he and Hill had shared a Redondo Beach apartment and he'd walked into a police station and surrendered. Again, the known victims were all young and single, and many had homosexual backgrounds. Most were either friendless. What in the hell does that have to do with this? Or drifters. Now, I can understand that, but again, this is just painting such a negative light of um, certain people. And really, I don't even know if these people are realizing it when they're writing these articles. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's take a minute and hear from this week's sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys ever know the feeling of being burnt out? You know, when you just kind of wake up and you feel groggy, you can't really get out of bed and, you know, you just really don't feel like yourself. And sometimes it's because life can be overwhelming and you may not even realize that you're burned out. And sometimes symptoms can include things like lack of motivation, fatigue, and certainly irritability. And again, we do associate burnout with work, but life also has a way of doing that. And when you do not recognize the fact that you are burnt out, you do need some therapy. And Better Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone really can help you figure out what's causing the issues in your life. I have been in therapy for decades, and I can promise you that giving that time to yourself is an extremely important aspect of my overall happiness. So basically, BetterHelp Online Counseling is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So, you know, you don't really have to see anybody if you don't want to. Now, it's also pretty much more affordable than in-person therapy. And again, you'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So listeners of this show get 10% off. And that is with betterhelp.com slash who. And again, that's B-E-T-T-T-E-R help.com slash who. All right, we are back. That's really kind of odd. So I would say that when you're looking into these types of individuals, you have, um, you have to look at what led them to this type of uh, event. And again, it has nothing to do with sexual orientation. And hey, just like Seinfeld said, it's nothing wrong with it. And again, it is what it is. You're born, born the way you are. Again, my uncle was gay, greatest guy in the world. Unfortunately, we lost him to AIDS because that was the time. And it just, unfortunately, it was just there. I mean, hell, I lost my dad to cancer. I mean, shit happens. It sucks. So um, not to dwell on all the negative things in life, but hey, <laughs> this is a true crime podcast. It can't get any darker than a serial killer killing 21 people. So you had, again, the trash bag murders in the public consciousness, and that had been for months. And this did impact some of the movements that they were involved in. And that's according to uh, David Goodstein, the publisher of The Advocate. So he said that, quote, I think everybody's awfully anxious about it, but we're also breathing an enormous sigh of relief. If this guy is indeed murdering gay people, as it looks like he has, we're awfully glad to have him in jail. We don't like people of our group being murdered any more than anyone else. So that's pretty clear. And uh, the it says the anxiousness reflects widespread belief among gays that the issue of homosexual, homosexuality is ripe for political political exploitation in the wake of the 69% vote won by the Anita Bryant forces in Florida repealing an outlawed ordinance of discrimination against homosexuals. Again, 
not to get into the, all the nitty gritty about our stupid country, but there are some things that have been really ass backwards for a number of years. And this is definitely one of them. I mean, sodomy laws, look them up if you're so inclined. It is uh, disgraceful and some states still have them. So it's kind of uh, disgusting to think about that. So I mentioned, mentioned Senator Briggs earlier, and that guy is just kind of a piece of shit. And uh, he wanted to, uh, you know, say, hey, he said, quote, a landlord would, should be able to turn away a couple with a child, but not a homosexual. <laughs> now I think I read that wrong. He said, this is what he's trying to get into place. He said, Ordinance such as the pending one in Los Angeles actually are homosexual preference laws. Quote, a landlord would be able to turn away a couple with a child, but not a homosexual. Briggs said, you can tax people's cars and dirty their air, but when it comes to fooling around with their children, that's where they draw the line. The homosexual threat, if carried into infinity, would end our culture and our civilization. What the frickin'? Senator Briggs used his anti-gay stance as a springboard for his try for the Republican gubernatorial nomination. What the fuck, California? Some gays and some politicians think that the practical results of Briggs' campaign, oh, will be to make another party candidate, Los Angeles Police Chief Edward M. Davis, seem more moderate than he really is. Mr. Davis says, quote, I've never had anything against homosexuals. I figure that means more girls for the rest of us. What the? F this, is in the this is literally in an article from the Associated Press. <laughs> People put this stuff on paper, guys. People really did this stuff. And it is absolutely embarrassing as uh, a more awake society. And sorry, people who are offended by the term woke, but that just means you're aware of what's going on. And, you know, it's just, it's not politics, guys. It's just, um, it's called being a kind and gentle person, you know, accepting one for each other's differences, black, white, whatever, doesn't matter. Again, like I mentioned, gray world, that gray world includes everyone. So just remember that. Stop listening to certain people when it comes to certain things. Certain people do not have the education level to talk about those things. I'm not necessarily going to mention anyone by name, but you know who I'm talking about. And again, just stop listening. He's an idiot. He's a fucking idiot. So anyway, back to what I was saying. You know, this was the 70s, and there was just an unbelievable amount of discrimination. And again, you would think California, of all places, Mr. you know, very liberal state, would be pretty up and coming in the 70s, especially with, you know, Harvey Milk and San Francisco. And oh my goodness gracious, this is just... Um, People should be freaking embarrassed to be involved with this type of life, uh, trying to stop people's happiness. Because I've always just said, listen, I'm not in the business of making other people unhappy. That's not my job. And nor should it be anybody's job. It's just not your business. 
whatever goes on behind somebody's doors is whatever they want to do. So, GFY. Anyway. Anyway. So, <laughs> I, I just can't help it because uh, you just see these biases written in here. Like these people are literal just deviants, sexual deviants. And it's just not what they are. Um, I mean, they go on to say, since then, homosexuals have come out of the closet in increasing numbers. They are a major political force in San Francisco, where their support contributed to the victory of J George Moscone. More than 300,000 people either participated in or watched a recent gay power parade in the city. Now, we all know those as pride parades now because that's just what they are. And in the 70s, unfortunately, California, San Francisco, or San Francisco, California, was the only place that those really existed. So even in Southern California, the gays are... This isn't an article. This is in an article, people. Quote, even in Southern California, gays are politically potent. Only one candidate turned down their contribution in this year's Los Angeles elections. What the fuck? Okay, like that makes a difference. So, you know, hey guys, soapbox, can't help it. It just keeps coming up. <laughs> so, you know, here we are. And uh, again, I hate saying that because it just becomes so cliche after a while, but there is a conclusion to this case. Kearney does get convicted of 21... I believe he gets actually convicted of three murders, but they attribute 21 to him. And that is what you see most of the time in the numbers is 21. Uh, again, like I mentioned, uh, 28 was there. Also the possibility of 38. But they think there was another killer, and I did mention him, but I didn't mention him by name. He was just one of the two... Uh, freeway killers that were in addition to the Kearney individual. So police had basically put the death toll in the homosexual trash bag murders as high as 34. The sexual overtones of 11 murders committed between 1972 and 1976 had first led police to confuse at least one of them with the trash bag murders. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Of the 11 victims included known homosexuals or bisexuals, and authorities said some had been brutally tortured, castrated, or found with stakes or branches pounded into their rectums. Okay, guys, this is literally painting the victims in a terrible light. You writers back then, reporters, clearly weren't doing the job of a journalist and reading both sides of the story i hate to say this but geez could you have been worse to these victims i mean it is really insane you have a guy dr albert rosenstein an orange county forensic psychologist and he studied accounts of the murders attributed to the freeway killer and he believes that they're Killings could be as high as 38. Now he says, the quote, There are gross similarities in the ages of the victims, their physical appearance, the fact they are hitchhikers, the manner in which the bodies are dumped, the sexual pathology, the drugs, etc., etc., etc. 
And again, he theorized that the killer, like all of his victims, is white. <laughs> yeah, it's some white hate on here, too. So, however, law enforcement authorities remained cautious. So, here we go, you know, it's just, um, you have law enforcement saying we have six investigators working 12 to 16 hours a day. We've received numerous calls, leads from the public, and still cannot say how many are connected. So, again, like, what am I, what am I talking about, man? What am I talking about here? I'm talking about Patrick Kearney. I'm talking about a serial killer who literally stalked all of his victims as they would leave gay bars and pick up hitchhikers. The fact that a lot of them actually turned out to be homosexual has nothing to do with this guy. I mean, sure, that was what he was interested in, but it is what it is. So you have here a little bit of a timeline. So so April 11th, there was a new body of John Wood, Stephen John Wood. Now he was found in Long Beach in an alley, and this was near a freeway ramp. And then you had the 16-year-old bellflower boy. He was strangled and reported missing by his parents. So then you have March 25th, a nude and strangled body of an unidentified boy is found near downtown Los Angeles near a freeway. Now the boy, 14 to 17, was a runaway. Of course, you see these ages, and again, they're teenagers. So it's, yes, these guys are pedo pedophiles. I mean, you if you do, if you look up Wikipedia and you look up Patrick Kearney, I mean, they call him a pederast. I mean, it is what it is. The guy was a freaking disgusting, sick individual. But again, they're also maligning a whole group of people. And in doing so, by just trying to report on the story, and I don't even know if they're doing it consciously. I think it's almost an unconscious bias that they have towards their profession. And again, what is acceptable in 1977 definitely isn't what is acceptable in 2022. So uh, you wonder, though, with the way things are going, if that will change. I really hope that it's not going to affect people's, you know, well-being because it is a huge thing for people to open up and be honest. But if we're going to go back to the way it was in the 70s and 80s, then you're going to see a lot more mental health issues. You're going to see a lot more suicides. You're going to see a lot of things that just really shouldn't be happening because we had made such advancements in our lives and in society in general because you know it's just it's just called common sense people just be nice it's not that hard i know i host a true crime show that talks about murder but murder is the least committed crime and it is also the one that is the most interesting to people that and sex so don't be shocked when these are two things that people like to talk about all the time but We've come to a place in our lives and in our education levels to realize that science is science and, you know, let's leave it at that. So, <laughs> this is what you have them saying. Quote, if young people would just take the advice we've been giving them for the last 15 year, 50 years, that would cut down the possibilities for this guy. Don't hitchhike, said Hart. 
Now, from Time Magazine, here's another article talking about how gays make easy prey. One after another, the bodies of 10 men were found lying near Southern California highways. All males were nude and had been shot in the head, probably with the same gun. Some had been dismembered, stuffed into trash bags. See? Did you see what I'm going here? It says, now they were members of the homosexual community in and around Los Angeles. Police discovered John LeMay had been seen in the company of two homosexuals, Patrick Kearney, 37, an electronics engineer for Hughes Aircraft Company, and his roommate David Hill, who was unemployed. In May, as the investigation went on, Kearney quit his job and took off with Hill for El Paso, Texas, where they would go into hiding. But last week, the two men were arraigned for murder. They had calmly walked into a sheriff's office in Riverside, California. As I mentioned, they pointed to their photographs and said, that's us. So, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. So, like I mentioned, he would take the police over to all these different grave sites, yada, yada, yada. And, again, here we go where they talk about how they use the hair samples that they found at the apartment to connect the crimes. And then you got this right here. Police say that the two men preyed on boys and young men, some of them apparently male prostitutes, who frequented homosexual cruising areas like Selma Avenue in Hollywood and MacArthur Park in Los Angeles. Now, this was according to uh, Lieutenant Douglas. We have no indication of what the motive was other than the fact that some of the victims, at least, were homosexuals. They appeared to have little in common. For the nation's homosexuals, still smarting from the successful anti-gay rights drive of Anita Bryant in Miami, the news of the California murders came at a bad time. The Bryant group had argued that many male homosexuals prey on the young, and indeed, some of the California victims were teenagers. What was more, the press began rehashing the sex thrill murders of 27 youths by three different Texas homosexuals in 1973, which is still the largest proved mass murder in America. Oh, boy. So you have Robert Gould, who was a professor of psychiatry from New York Medical College. Now, he estimated the number of murders committed by homosexuals is probably no greater proportionately than those committed by heterosexuals. But he adds, quote, when it's a homosexual who kills 10 people or 12 or whatever, the headline is homosexual kills. It sticks in your mind. You never get the headline heterosexual kills. Really, that is actually the best line of the whole episode right there because it really is true. You don't ever hear that. You don't ever hear that. So let's just uh, be happy that we've made some advances. I mean, there were questions raised uh, by the case about the problems of homosexual relationships, and those sharply divide psychiatrists as well as psychologists. And the article goes on to say, are homosexuals any more given to aggression than the rest of the population? Well, most analysts think not. Now, Judd Marmor, the past president of the American Psychiatric Association, said, quote, I don't think there is anything inherent in homosexuality that makes them disturbed people. But some experts think that homosexuals may be more prone to pathology, says psychiatrist Gould. I think you will find more disturbed homosexuals. Okay. Well, <laughs> there's probably a number of reasons for that, Dr. Gould. 
And that's probably because of the fact that there's a lots of issues coming from people like you, you know, who's saying there's like not that big of a problem and it's, you know, something that you can just do and it's like a lifestyle choice. When it's not, it's just who you are and what you're born with and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, take your 1977 analysis and shove it, Mr. Gould, Dr. Gould. I don't even think you deserve a doctor on that one, you dick. Man, anyway. This is a very frustrating case. You see, others believe that a male homosexual relationship has more potential for aggression simply because both partners are male. What the fuck does this have to do with anything? Oh, man. I am getting a little disturbed here. So, yeah, it's, you go in, you get start doing this research, you guys. You know, you meet people at the crime con, and they're like, well, what, what gets you involved in this? Well, how does this work? You know, what do you do? And... Uh, well, you know, it's, um, you start looking into a case and one thing leads to another. And next thing you know, you're down this rabbit hole of, uh, some disgusting individual named Patrick Kearney, who is responsible for murdering lots of, uh, gay young men. And again, the newspapers portray it as some sort of issue that he has, or that his sexuality is playing a role in his uh, deviancy or his uh, commitment of crime like again people again 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 nothing to do with it it's not proven it's not a fact we go by science we don't believe in magical thinking and we don't believe in things that are monsters under the bed because they're not and they're not in your closet either but to anybody who is still Wondering if there is actually any connection between Patrick Kearney's sexual orientation and the fact that he killed a lot of gay men? Well, probably just think of the fact that that was who he was around and what he was attracted to. Again, he was a necrophiliac. He liked to have sex with dead bodies. That is what necrophiliacs do. And Ted Bundy was one. Jeffrey Dahmer was one. Edward Kemper was one. You could go on and on. There are tons of them. See, the thing that makes Kearney different is that he didn't want the hassle of dealing with these people, so he would kill them quickly and then do the work after he was, after they were already dead. So, this guy's pretty fucked up, in my opinion, wouldn't you say? I would say so. I would really be interested to see what David Hill turned out to do with his life, because... There's no way that this guy lived with uh, Kearney and did not know of what he was up to. Because this is like, <laughs> this is impossible. I mean, if you killed 21 people over a seven-year span, that's, you know, doesn't take a genius to do the math on that one. But again, you're going to be seeing some weird things coming out of your roommate. And that is kind of sad. So it is what it is. But, uh, you know, this is, uh, it was, it was one of those things too in the seventies, you know, everybody was really into like the era of the serial killer. That was the Bundy era. That was the green river killer was going on. Nobody knew who he was. Um, you know, this killer, the Atlanta serial killer, all these different serial killers, you know, they, they end up being and becoming more of, um, what they really are 
And it's kind of sad because you think about all the people that these people killed and these are the names that we know. You know, we only know really John LeMay. I mean, they, you can go on Wikipedia and go down the list of individuals that these people killed. But the fact that Kearney is... can I hate the fact that these guys get monikers. He's the trash bag killer. Well, now he still gets to walk around prison because, yes, he is still in prison and say, hey, I'm the trash bag killer. You will like, like to hear that he has been up for parole a number of times and has been rejected. Probably a good call because people like him don't change. So that's good. And like I mentioned, experts have con concluded that sexuality has nothing to do with this type of crime. You are who you are. You are born the way you are. And again, Kearney was born in 1939. He had a typical childhood. And now he basically is doing life in prison, as he should be. So just so you know, that was his thing. His MO was picking up male hitchhikers and shooting them. And he usually used a 22. And again, this is uh, all stuff that you can find online. Uh, Murderpedia.com got great stuff. Jeez, uh, uh, there's a bunch of great articles out there. I mean, the Freeway Killer, the one that I mentioned before, you know, William Bonin, that's one of the guys that was associated with these other murders. Now, he's, man, he just was a really bad dude. Bad dude. Bad dude. And the other guy was Randy Kraft, another really bad dude. So three freeway killers committing crimes over different periods of time, but it is still terrible. And again, the one thing that did happen is Pat did avoid the death penalty, and that was because he cooperated. And he was not allowed to speak to the media at any point. So there was a little bit of a mystery there. David Hill, on the other hand, he actually is dead. He died in 1991. So any information that we would have had from him would have been, uh, yeah, that's long gone. That's, uh, that's 31 years. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's not coming back, guys. Can't raise the dead, unfortunately. Now, like I said, this has nothing to do with any of their um, preferences on who they enjoy to, their, to spend their time with, but this also doesn't mean that they weren't terrible individuals, and that doesn't mean that there aren't terrible individuals on every side of whatever fence you lie on because that's just part of life. Not everybody's a winner, and that's all you need to know. But he was sentenced to... <laughs> He was sentenced on three murders, and he, but he did receive uh, 21 concurrent life sentences. And this was because of the fact that California actually is not allowed to sentence anybody to consecutive uh, crime or consecutive time. So it is kind of interesting. But uh, like I said, he's been rejected for parole a million times already. So uh, he is... Up there, I really didn't know much about him, I'm happy to say, before I started reading about this guy, because he doesn't deserve to be really remembered. He is a piece of shit, and 
you guys know that I don't really enjoy covering those kinds of cases, but uh, I started covering this one case and it became uh, a case that was really about um, about a guy and his craziness and uh, usually is that unfortunately, but uh, again, like I said before, I think that's just my MO today to say and again, but here we are 2022 and we're repealing laws and changing things that impact the lives of individuals. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing things to improve people's lives. And again, <laughs> let's continue to do that, guys, because I don't see us getting any better as a country. And if we don't continue to take things on ourselves and step up for people who feel like they've been marginalized or, you know, crapped upon in society, which, oh, gee, a lot of people have been. Uh, we can name a few, but we just aren't going to go there because you can just turn on the news and yeah, that will ruin your day. So with that being said, that's all we got for this week's episode of Who Killed? So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, you know that I drop new episodes of Who Killed every Friday, as well as I will be coming out with a new season of my passion case because we just had CrimeCon 2022 and made a lot of new connections. So look for that coming out in the summer. So, as I mentioned before, you can always follow me on Twitter at BillHuffman3. There'll be updates, stories I have coming down the pipeline, anything like that. If you enjoy the show, you'd like to help support, you can do so by Venmo via my username, at Bill-Huffman-3. Or you can go to slowburnmedia.com and click on the donate button. Again, that is slowburnmedia.com, but that's slow minus the W. So, thank you guys so much for listening this week. It's been a wild week. I hope to have some more solid information and maybe a guest on next week to discuss the Delphi case. If this really continues to go the way that it feels like it's going, we might be in luck for some real improvements in uh, the cold cases that are out there. That's what I'll put it as. And that would be great for both families. So fingers crossed, everybody. And until next time, stay healthy and be safe. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From DNA testing to the Dixie Mafia. Crime Capsule brings you new stories of true crime in American history. I'm your host, Benjamin Morris. Join us for exclusive interviews with authors from Arcadia Publishing, writing the hottest books on the most chilling stories of our country's past. You can find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts or on evergreenpodcasts.com. Crime Capsule. History so interesting, it's criminal. <laughs>